an eighth grader. So my wife and I have four kids, and, and uh, our heart is just to train them up, raise them up in the ways of the Lord, and to give them what they need. And what they need most of all is they need a father who is going to uh, show them the way. But in order for me to show them the way, I have to know the way, and I have to go the way. And so that's so crucial, and that's so key. If I want them uh, to know the way, I have to show them the way by, by example. And so uh, this afternoon, I want to share from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. If you have your Bibles, I want to read those verses. But can I pray for you as men, as fathers? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for these fathers. I thank you for these dads. Thank you, Father God, that you understand, Lord God, our thoughts. You understand our sitting down. You understand our rising up. You're acquainted, Lord God, with everything that goes on in our lives. And Father, I am so grateful that you meet us exactly where we are at. And Lord, you meet us and you give us what we need to be the fathers that you've called us to be. Lord, we don't take our responsibility lightly, but Lord, we know that it's a God-given role. And Lord, we want to be the fathers that you've called us to be, godly fathers. Fathers, Lord God, that know the way. Fathers that go the way. And fathers that show the way. So, Lord God, as we look at a few verses this afternoon, I pray that your word would come alive, that it would spark a fire on the inside of us that we would be ignited to be the fathers that you've called us to be. So again, Father, thank you for being our heavenly father. Lord, we look to you for our answers, for guidance and direction and wisdom. And Lord God, I pray that you would just pour out your spirit upon us in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. My, uh, I asked my 13-year-old son the other day, I said, son, what's, what's a good father? He said, a good father cares for you. He takes time out of his day to hang out with you. A good father prays for you, and he makes an effort in everything. And uh, that's what I, I love about, you know, being able to ask my, my kids, what makes a good father? And he just shared his heart. A good father prays for you and he makes an effort in everything. And he said, Dad, I, I just love that, that you hang out with me, that you spend time with me, that you, you pray with me, and, and that you take uh, time out of your day to do things with me. And so I want to just thank you again for being godly fathers, man. And I want to encourage you. I want to commend you in all that God's called you to do. So let's read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. And then we'll come back and look at a few things. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before I go on, Second uh, Peter deals with problems from inside. First Peter deals with problems from the outside. Second Peter deals with problems on the inside. And I love that uh, Peter is urging the believers to keep a close watch on their personal lives. He's urging believers to keep a close walk 
on their personal lives. And that's what God wants to urge us to do. He wants to urge us to keep a close watch on our personal private lives, our personal private world. And as you and I know, God has called us to be servants. Simon Peter, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He was a servant of Jesus Christ. He belonged to the Lord. And man, God has called us to serve our children. Not always easy, but it's what God has called us to do. He's called us to, to lay ourselves aside and to make room for the working of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives so that we could serve our children. And as you and, as you and I know, our, our children need to be served. And just as Jesus, he came not to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And when we serve our children, it makes a big difference. And I think a lot of times we think that, you know, we have to do a bunch of other things for them, like, you know, provide for them, which God's called us to provide for our children, but, you know, provide, you know, other avenues like sports or material things or whatever else, you know, uh, we have. But God has called us to serve them. And just like Jesus, he set the example. And as fathers, we have the example of our father who is in heaven. He sent his son to come and serve and to lay down his life. And so Simon, he understood that he was a bond servant of, of Jesus Christ. Our, ser our children need to know that we are here uh, to serve them, just like Jesus came to serve so never forget that notice also to those who have obtained like precious faith. Our faith is so important and it's precious. It's, it's costly. And God has given us this faith. We came to faith in Christ. It was talked about today. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, not of works. Faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is precious and it's costly. It costs Jesus Christ his life. And as men, as fathers, we want to pass on our faith to them. We know ultimately that our children, they have to receive Jesus Christ. They have to come to faith in Christ on their own. They have to have their own personal encounter with Jesus Christ. They personally have to be regenerated. They can't get into heaven, as, as you know. They can't get into heaven based upon our faith. But we can pass our faith on to them by living our faith out. And so it's important that, that we as men are men of faith and that we, we recognize that our faith is going to make a difference in their lives because as they see you and I living out that faith, our faith, as it's been said, it's more caught than it is taught, right? We can tell them all day long, son, daughter, you need your own faith in Christ. We can tell them all day long, and we should be encouraging them in their own faith. We should encourage them to grow in the grace and knowledge of the faith that they have in God. But we also need to live out our faith. How can we practically live out our faith as fathers? Well, sharing the gospel with others, uh, taking care of the needs of those that God brings into our life, praying with the homeless people, um, reaching out to our neighbors, 
and, and doing things like as simple as maybe bringing up their, their trash can or pulling their weeds or, you know, doing those kinds of things. They see that our faith has been activated, that our faith is real, that our faith is alive and that it's being lived out. It makes such a big difference. And we as men, we like to do things, right? We're, we're doers. We like to get our hands dirty, elbow grease. We like to get in. We love to solve problems. We love to fix things. We, or, you know, when we were kids, we'd love to break things. And we, we always found a way to break things. And then we would think about, okay, now that this is broken, how can I fix it? We're, we're doers. We like to get things done. And so our faith is precious. We have an opportunity to live out our faith because, man, you are fathers of faith. I believe you're fathers of faith. And, and whether you're struggling in your fatherhood, maybe perhaps you didn't have a, a good father and you, you never had a, a great example, can I encourage you uh, to look to our Heavenly Father and glean from Him Look to his example because he shows us how to be good fathers. He shows us how to be fathers of faith because Jesus, he took steps of faith, right? Amazing steps of faith. And so we have an, an example in Jesus Christ. And so we look to him as our, as our father figure. And he teaches us how to be men of faith. What is faith? Faith is believing and trusting in God in spite of circumstances. Simply put, faith is taking Jesus at his word. That's what faith is. It's simply taking Jesus at his word. And so we can teach our children, you know, son, daughter, take Jesus at his word. Have faith in him. Have faith that he's going to help you with your grades. You might be struggling in school right now as a, as a son or as a daughter. Perhaps your, your child is. Have faith, you know, uh, God's going to get you through. He's going to help you. He's not going to leave you. He will never forsake you. So in spite of whatever circumstances we are going in, going through, we need to have faith. So simply put, faith is taking Jesus at his word. As you and I know, the, the church is here to help us. It's here to encourage us. It's here to offer things for our families. But dads, fathers, there's no substitute for you. There's no substitute for you. God has called you to be the fathers that he's called you to be. He's anointed you. In other words, he has set you apart. He's appointed you as a father. You are anointed by God. You are set apart. And we need fathers who, rise, who will rise in faith today because there's so many distractions. There's so much chaos and, and craziness and, and people are tripping out and they're, they're having head trips Man, what this, what this world needs, what our children need, is they need to see that, you know what? Dad has faith. There's no substitute for a dad. Church is, is here for us to, to provide and encourage us and help us grow. And, you know, the church offers a lot of different things. We should be thankful for the church. We should be men of faith who bring our, our children to church. But there's no substitute for you. No substitute. God has called you to be a father of faith. So grow in your faith. Uh, ask God to ignite your faith and, and take steps of faith. Take steps of faith and your children are watching out of the corner of their eye. And when they see dad taking a step of faith, they're like, wow, 
That's, I want to be like dad. I want to be like grandpa. I want to be like my, my father. He really believes Jesus. He really believes in the gospel. He really believes that God is going to get us through these difficult times. And, and maybe you're, you're struggling financially. And your children, they know that because children, they catch on to everything. They know that you guys are struggling financially, but you, you come alongside and you say, son, daughter, we're going to have faith. We're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. We're going we're gonna to believe that he's going to pull us through, that he's going to walk with us. He's not going to leave us, and he's not going to forsake us. So we need that precious faith. We need to pass that faith on, kind of like Moses. He passed it on, if you will, to Joshua. After Moses died, we know that Joshua was, was scared. He was, he was freaking out. And that's why the Lord told Joshua, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, but, but many times, be strong and courageous. Wherever you go, I am with you. And then remember, toward the end of Joshua's life, he was a man of faith. He had to battle uh, one enemy right after another in order to take the land the land of Canaan, they, there was a lot of battles, and they had one conquest and another conquest. And, you know, of course, Joshua failed. And we fail as men. So when we fail as men, and sometimes we fail in our faith, we, we don't always hit the nail on the head. We sometimes, you miss the nail, we hit our thumb, and it hurts. But what do we do? We don't stay down. And we don't let anyone keep us down. We rise up as, as men of faith and, and we continue to pass that faith on to our children because they need to know that there's real faith and it's found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. And never forget, as it says in verse 1, it's precious. It's precious. If we want to pass anything down, we want to pass down that precious faith to our children. The faith in Christ so that one day, they can pass that faith on down to their children. They can look back and say, wow, dad was a man of faith. He trusted, he believed, and I, I watched him read the Bible, and I, I experienced just God working in and through his life in a supernatural way. Notice also, as we go on in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Notice grace and peace, it's multiplied as well as the knowledge of God. God gives us the grace that we need. He gives us the favor that we need. We don't have to be um, gritty, but... We should be gracious, gracious with our, with our children. We should extend grace just as Jesus extends grace to us. Now, I'm not saying we don't discipline. I'm not saying that we don't instruct. We do discipline our children because if not, they'll, they'll run wild and they'll do, they'll do whatever they want. And then they'll become wise in their own eyes or wise in their own opinion. God has called us to train and to discipline our children and, and to correct them and, and to take them aside and say, you know what, son, this is not a good thing. This is not the right thing. Here's the righteous way to do things. Here's how you should 
do it. And we should remember that that our our teenagers, especially our teenagers, when when they're toddlers and and you know in the elementary, that's a whole different story. But when they become teenagers, we can no longer talk at them. We need to talk to them, right? Because if we talk at them, what happens? That wall goes up. When we start talking at them, we need to have a conversation with them. We need to talk to them rather than talking at them so that we can have that conversation and we should speak the words of grace. We should ask the Lord, Lord, season our speech with grace so that when we speak to them, we speak the words of grace because we want to get into their world, right? We want to get into their private world. We want to know what's going on in their lives, what's, what's happening at school. We want to know what, what's on their phone. We don't want to be disconnected and aloof because if, if we become disconnected and, and we're not, you know, engaged in what's going on in their lives, before we know it, you know, their, their friends are going to start pulling them away. And there's so many distractions with the phones and, and, you know, pornography and all these crazy things that just keep crashing in on them and crashing in on us, you know, one right after another. So we need to approach them with grace so that we can have a conversation with them so we can find out what's going on in their heart, so we can reach out to them, reach into their lives, and extend that grace that has been multiplied to us. The word multiplied means super abounding. God uh, gives us grace, and it's super abounding. He multiplies it to us at special favor. Grace, something that we can't earn, we can't deserve, we, we don't deserve, and yet we give that. We speak grace to our sons and our daughters. And then third, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill our God-given role as fathers. We have his divine power. Remember what it says in Romans chapter 8, the same uh, spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of us. We have the divine power, like Ebel was saying. He, he was spent. He had no more strength. He had no more power. And that divine power, the Holy Spirit, came upon him and gave him that strength spiritually, I believe physically, and I believe mentally to finish what God had called him to do. And God will give us and has given, we have his divine power for life and godliness. So we want to raise our, our children up. We want to show them the way. We want, we, we want to use whatever opportunity God gives us to teach them about life, to respect women, to respect uh, their girlfriends, to be gentlemen, to be godly young men. We want to teach them uh, through our life. And when they see us living it out, how many of you men are married? How many of you are not married, but you want to get married? Right on. Pray for those guys that aren't married, but want to get married. Those of us who are married, we want to we kiss our wives. We want to love on them. We want to hug them in front of our children, in front of our grandchildren, because that makes a big difference when they see 
their dad loving and cherishing their mom. They're, they're catching that. And one day, God willing, you know, when they have an opportunity to get married, they're going to remember those kinds of things. And they're going to want to live out what they learned from their father. And so we have that divine power for life and for godliness. And the, power, the word power is strength, ability, or capability. And if anyone ministers, the Bible says, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. God supplies the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his divine power. So you and I need that divine power when we feel like giving up or when we feel exhausted or we're like, you know what, it, what I'm saying is not getting through. Don't quit. You are our men and, and God's given you that fight within. You have that fight within. And, and God will give you that fight to continue to go on because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And as fathers, uh, moving on, notice verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." The next thing, precious promises. As, as fathers, we should strive to keep our words. We should strive to let our yes be yes and our no be no. We should strive to keep our promises. Now, my kids, they call me out, and, and I have said, okay, I'm going to take you to get ice cream. Guess what? Didn't keep my word. Dad, you didn't keep your word. So uh, that's just one example. There's been many other examples where I didn't keep my word. But I love that my children are diligent to point it out because I've given them access. They have direct access to me. And, and I have told them, all four of them, you, you can call me out. Call me out. You know, and, and I'm not going to take it personal. I'm not going to take it to heart. But you can call me out as your father because I want to become a, a greater father. I want to become a godlier father. And so I've given them access into my life. And I've had to ask them for forgiveness uh, many, many times over the last 19 years. And I think as fathers, we should ask our children for forgiveness when we break our promise, when we don't keep our word, when we let them down, or when we sin against them. We should be quick to ask them for forgiveness and not just say, son, I'm sorry, or daughter, I'm sorry, but son, will you forgive me for not keeping my word? I am sorry. Please forgive me for not keeping my promise. God is a promise keeper. He keeps his word. His promises are yes and amen. And these things that I'm talking about, they go a long way because they make a big difference. And sometimes we, we minimize them and, and we make them out to be, you know, small. But they really make a big difference because now they're like, Dad is a keeper of his word. And, and Dad is going to keep his promises with me just as our Heavenly Father keeps his promises with us. Like he said, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so... Uh, let's keep our word with our, our children. Let's keep our promises. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, verse 7, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these, if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And the word diligent, diligence and diligent is mentioned twice. In verse 5, we have the word diligence. And in verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. Diligence, it basically uh, means hardworking. That's what it means. It means to be a man who's diligent. We know that the Bible says that diligence is man's precious position, possession. It takes hard work to be a father. It takes hard work. And if we stop working at something, like if men stop working at their marriage, then the marriage stops working, right? In the same way, if we stop working at, at being fathers, then things begin to break apart. We need that diligence, just like we have diligence to get up every morning and go to work and, and do the work that's set before us. We're diligent, or we have diligence to, to go hunting. We have diligence to work on our vehicles. We have diligence to do things in our shop or diligence to do things in the garage. We have diligence to go out and, and get the yard cleaned or to go out on the farm and take care of the cows or, or the horses or, or whatever it is. We have that diligence. We have that, that ability to, to work hard. And we need to work hard at being the fathers that God has called us to be. Godly fathers. It takes work. It takes diligence. But diligence is man's precious possession. And part of diligence also means being attentive. Paying attention. Being attentive to, to who our, our kids are hanging out with. You know, who are you hanging out with? Who's, what, what's up with this guy? What, what's he all about? What is he into? What is, what is he like doing for fun and different things? And, and asking questions so that we know who our, our children are, are hanging out with, who our teenagers are, are driving with, and, and even, you know, reminding our kids, hey, don't be texting and driving. Or if your friend that you're driving with is, is texting and driving, say, hey, you can't do that. We need to be diligent in those kinds of things because God has entrusted us as stewards over the hearts of our children. And their hearts are precious. Their lives are precious. And God has entrusted us with them. But it takes diligence. And, you know, pull their phone from time to time and say, hey, let me, let me find out what's going on, you know, with your phone. Are you looking at anything you're not supposed to be looking at? And, and just being diligent to, you know, Check in and find out what's going on and, and not allowing uh, them just to get away with, you know, hey, how was school? It was good. How was school? It was good, Dad. Well, what was good about it? I was just good. You have to, you have to start digging deeper and, and probing and, and asking, you know, other kinds of questions, you know. So what did you learn in math today? Are you, are you still struggling with your, with your math class? Why are you struggling with your math class? Have you reached out to your teacher? Have you told your teacher that, that you need help? Have you reached out, you know, to a friend to maybe come alongside of you? And we have to be diligent, and it's, it's precious, but we have to work at it just like, you know, many of you are, are, are amazing workers and, and hard workers for the Lord. And we need to be diligent also to bring our, our kids, our teenagers to church. 
They shouldn't have uh, an option. They shouldn't be like, oh, I don't feel like going to church. Okay, well, I just stay home. Next week, I don't feel like going to church. We should be diligent to, to say, you know what, son, daughter, you're going to go to church. It, it, you can't forsake the gathering of the saints. And, and so you're going to church. Well, I don't want to go to church. Well, then hand in your phone. Okay, I'll go. Well, that's bribery. No, you know what? We're getting them. We have to be diligent because if we don't push them to do hard things as fathers, who will? God's called us to push them to do hard things as fathers. And so we have to be diligent. Parenting takes hard work. And whatever we put into it, that's what we're going to get out of it, right? If we do things half-hearted, what kind of results are we going to get? Half-hearted results. But if we do it with all of our heart in whatever we do, if we do it heartily as unto the Lord, if we pour into our children, if we're diligent to pour into them with all of our heart, we're going to get full-hearted results. And we have to be diligent. Finally, in verse 12, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. The present truth. For this reason, Peter said, I will remind you about these things, even though you already know them and you're standing firm in the truth that you have been taught. He says, I'm I'm reminding you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. The word established means to stand. It means to stand. It means to be fixed, or it also means to be steady. As fathers, we can't vacillate when it comes to God's word. We can't vacillate when it comes to God's word. Our children need to know that, first of all, we as fathers are standing firm on the truth of God's word. They need to know that that dad reads his Bible. And uh, I think it's so important because, again, like I said earlier, it's more caught than it is taught. Our, Our children should see us as men opening up the Bible and reading it. They should catch us reading the Bible. And as they catch us seeing, reading the Bible, it, you know, it gets into their minds. It gets into their hearts. And, and they're like, wow, dad really believes in that book. And not only does he believe in it, but that book is changing his, his life. And so we need to constantly present the truth to them. And we need to raise them up and train them up in the word of God. We're, we're losing a generation, a generation that doesn't know the truth of God's word. And God's word is inspired. It's God-breathed, and it, it corrects, it reproves, it rebukes. God's word trains. God's, work, God's word equips. God's word is alive, and it, it's living, as it says in the book of Deuteronomy. Teach them diligently. Teach Teach these truths diligently to your children. When you're driving, talk to them about God's word. You don't have to have like a special formula, if you will. You don't have to be like, okay, you know, maybe it will, maybe it works for you, but for us, it doesn't work for us. But we don't have like a set Sunday night. Okay, every Sunday night, we're going to call everybody together. We're going to have an hour. We're going to open up the word and and we're just going to devote a whole hour 
to the word and and that doesn't work for us so what we do is we look for opportunities when we're driving when we're taking them to school we're praying we're talking about God's word when we're sitting at the dinner table we'll just start talking about God's word and pouring God's word into their lives sometimes I'll take my sons out and we'll have coffee and and we'll open up the bible and we'll talk about scriptures go through the book of Timothy, we'll take, you know, I'll sit down with them. We'll go through other kinds of, of books that will encourage them and inspire them in their faith. And a lot of times we think that we have to have like a set day and a set time. Maybe that does work for you because maybe, you know, that's just the way your mind is. But I think the key is to teach them God's word when we're walking, when we're driving, when we're, you know, at the grocery store, when we're just doing life, we're teaching them God's word. We're raising them up in the word of God because this generation, our kids, they need the word of God more than anything else. They need the power of God's word and they need to know that they can stand firm, that their lives could be steady, that their lives could be fixed, that they could be steadfast Because the word of God works and the word of God transforms their lives and the word of God changes them and the word of God equips them and prepares them for life and and for relationships and for marriage. And if they go off to the military or if they go off to college, we as, as fathers are to pour the word of God into their lives. And we have the power. We have what it takes to do it because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But we just need to open up God's word. We need to share it with them. And so I'm going to close out with this. Three things when it comes to giving our, our kids, our teenagers, our, our college age students. When it comes to giving our kids God's word, we need to model it. We need to teach it and move it. We need to model it. We need to teach it. And we need to move it. We need to model it. We need to teach it. And we need to move it. So we need to model it. Our example, we are the pattern. We are the example. We are the pattern that they are watching. So we need to model it. This is how I'm living out God's word. I'm modeling it in my actions. I'm modeling it in my behavior. I'm modeling it towards the way I'm treating their mother. I'm, I'm modeling it the way I'm, I'm treating, you know, that guy that cut me off on I-40 or, or the lady that slammed her brakes in front of me the other day because I got in front of her. And I got in front of her, and then she took off, and um, she sped up past me, and she hit her brakes. And I, I had to hit my brakes and slide. And you, you better believe there were some thoughts going through my mind. And, and I could have easily, you know, did what I was thinking, but I didn't. Instead, I just waved to her. And, uh, but I had to model the right example at that point. I could have modeled a bad example because that's what the flesh wanted to do. The flesh actually wanted to, to you know, hit the gas and get back in front of her and do what she did to me. But I had to model a different a different way of dealing with that that situation. And so we need to model God's word. We need to we need to model it by how we live day in and day out. We need to teach it. We need to teach it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter six. Just want to read a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter six in regards to uh, teaching 
God's word. So we need to model it and we need to teach it. And then I'll close out with we need to move it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that, you may, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates." So model it and teach it. You shall teach, teach them diligently to what? To love God, to love God and, and to love others. We have been called to teach our children how to love God and how to love others. So we, we model it, we teach it, and finally we move it, with, which is just my way of saying, just do it. Just do it. If you have struggled and are struggling as a father and, and you're missing the mark, you know what? Don't, don't allow that to keep you down. Just forget about the guilt. You know what? God has forgiven you. Uh, maybe you have older children and they're already gone and, and you're struggling, you're battling on the inside and you're like, man, I, I, I didn't do a good job. I came to, my, I came to faith in Christ. Later on, I, I messed up. You know what? You have the opportunity that us younger fathers still have to model it, to teach it, and to move it. Just do it. Just, just do it. Uh, James says, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So do it. So model it, teach it, and move it. So I don't know how much more time I have, but I, I think I might have a few more minutes. Um, I just want to open it up for any kinds of questions, whatever kind of questions you might have. I'll try to answer your questions if anybody has any questions. Any questions? All right. So model it, teach it, and move it. I have a comment if you if I may. Oh yes, definitely. So I got a ten year old, twelve year old. Um I'm a retired uh army vet did be uh beach wars as they were born. Thank you. Step up because I don't want to. 
It's awesome. Thank you. Anything else? Why don't um, just take a couple of minutes? You guys are are together at tables. Why don't you guys just pray for for one another? What time do we go back? Two twenty-five. What time is it? Two twenty-four. So it's time to go back. Well, let's pray then. Father, thank you for these fathers. Thank you for these men of God. And thank you, Father, you've entrusted us as stewards, as fathers. We have been given a God-given responsibility to be fathers. Lord, I pray that you would ignite our fatherhood and that, God, you would teach us how to become greater fathers, godlier fathers, fathers who know the way because we're following you. So, Lord God, give us that strength through your divine power to live out our faith, to be fathers of faith who set the example for the faith that we have in Christ. And I pray that, Lord, we would be men who keep our promises, that our yes would be yes and our no would be no, and that our, our children would know that we are men of integrity, men of faith, men of truth. I pray, Lord God, that we would uh, live out the truth, that we would teach the truth diligently. We'd open up the Word of God and so inspire us, empower us, encourage us, equip us, and help us as men, Lord God, to reach out to one another when we are struggling, when we are battling, and help us, Lord, to remind one another to keep fighting the good fight, to keep the faith, to keep running the race, looking to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, man. Love you guys.